listening to a sermon preached at the First Christian Church of St. Ignatius in St. Ignatius, Montana. For more information, you can visit us at www.firstchristiansti.org. Thank you, Elvin. Well done. The Three Resurrections. The first one is the day that the cross was defeated, death was defeated, and Jesus came out of the tomb. There's no question but what he died. When I was in India, I remember talking to some of the people there that are not of the Christian faith, and I said, the one thing that makes me believe in Jesus is that he rose from the dead. And they said he never died. They denied the death, not just the resurrection, but the death of Jesus in order that his promise doesn't seem to have been fulfilled, which of course it was. The scripture is pretty strong on that. It says that he was crucified. They crucified him, divided up his clothes. The third hour, they crucified him. Sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. At the ninth hour, he cried out again with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some have said that means that Jesus at that time, make me a lot of things. At that time, really felt forsaken by God. And I'm sure that in the pain and the passing of death, which, of course, we will have someday and know, and it's different with each person uh, when they die and pass through the door of death, that we will uh, experience something at that moment. But Jesus was quoting the 22nd Psalm and if you read the whole thing, it says, Our fathers trusted in thee, and they were delivered. It's a psalm of victory. He can cry out that he's feeling what mankind feels at death, but also pointing ahead to the resurrection, the victory that would be there. They came and when they heard him cry, offered him a sponge with vinegar and hyssop and he wouldn't take it. He offered it. They said, let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. And with a loud cry, he breathed his last. Matthew 27 says, when he cried again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And again, as I said earlier, he gave up his spirit. It wasn't taken from him. No one could kill Jesus if he wasn't willing to fulfill the plan of God by accepting death for you and for me. And it says when he did at the moment that he died, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split. Have you ever been around rocks when they were splitting? We've seen where they have after earthquakes and the like. 
But it happened then, very convenient timing, wasn't it? It just happened. When he happened to die on the cross, it didn't just happen. Nothing in God's plan just happens. There are no accidental timings with God. It's planned. He knows what he's doing and why he's doing it. It said the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs, and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. And I like the testimony of the centurion, the Roman soldier, over a hundred men, who observed all these things, saw the earthquake, and all that happened, and he was a stout Roman soldier. How did he take it? Oh, hum, another day. Uh, no. It says they were terrified. Holland's Benson, you can say you were terrified. I hope it's been a long time. I hope it doesn't come again. But these strong Roman troops, all those who were there observing all this, were shook down to the bottom of their sandals. And the centurion says, truly, surely, he was the Son of God. Not only did he die on the cross, but he was buried. It says in the scripture, the rich man from Arimathea named Joseph was a disciple of Jesus. He asked Pilate for the body of Jesus, and he gave it to him. And he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and placed it in his own new tomb and rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. And then we moved through the next day. He said the third day he would rise again. And so he died on Friday. Parts of three days are involved. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Don't quibble about the timing and the hours. They weren't necessarily all 24-hour periods, but there were three days involved. And that's good enough for me. Certainly it was for God. And it fulfills the whole thing. And so these women were there sitting opposite the tomb. But at the Sabbath, at the dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. We often go back to the graves when we've buried a loved one. That's why the cemeteries have all those stones so you can find that place. Nancy and I had bought some sites for burial there. I told them I wanted a, a site with a view. Wouldn't be able to see the mountains from there. Nancy says on my tombstone she'll put up periscope to see those. And you can even see a part of the Pine Haven Ranch from the site that's there. Whether we're actually buried there or ashes or whatever is decided at that time, it doesn't matter. But there is a place where loved ones usually oftentimes gather to remember the one who has gone ahead of them. And so it says on the Sabbath day came Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, the tomb. And there was another earthquake, a violent earthquake. Angel of the Lord came down from heaven, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothes were white as snow. Can you imagine what he looked like? 
radiating like lightning. And when he did that, the guards didn't know what had happening. They sure were afraid. There was fear among those who had no faith, who didn't know what was happening. The guards shook. The Bible says they became like dead men. I take it they passed out. They became like dead men. What a scene. Can you picture it? You're in the garden. There's a tomb. It's carved out of the rock. A big round stone had been rolled in the way. The women were afraid they couldn't be strong enough to roll it out. They're probably right. And they didn't have to. God looked ahead and saw their need and rolled the stone away. And the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. And they had the message from the angel. The first one to build this resurrection story, to give the good news of the gospel. He said, don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. The three main magic words, he has risen. That's what we're proclaiming today. He has risen. Okay, he has risen indeed. That's the message we come here to share today. And this is the first resurrection of the three that I'm talking about this morning. It says, he'll go before you into Galilee. And there are many appearances then of Jesus who did die and was resurrected. And that is that he uh, saw different appearances. We won't go into all of those. It would be enlightening and, and comforting as we do. He appeared to two men on the way to Emmaus. He appeared to Mary. Uh, even in that same time, the women were running away from the tomb finally, and Jesus met them. He saw them. They saw him. Greetings. They came, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. And the word we have from him is one we need to follow yet today. You believe it? He said, go and tell. Go and share it. Our message this morning is to share the gospel, the good news. He is risen, and he's risen indeed. And death could not keep his prey. And Jesus' promises and the prophecies were all fulfilled. The Romans knew how to put people to death. There's no question but what he was dead. They used to even lay a, a feather over the body before they put it into a tomb and leave it there and watch, just a light feather. If there was the slightest breath, that feather would be gone. One of the tests that they made to make sure that Jesus died. They wanted him to die and they made him die. It was God's plan or it couldn't have happened, but it did. So the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, I will remind you of the gospel which I preached to you, which you received, by which you've taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly, otherwise you've believed in vain. What I received, I give to you as first importance. This is really important. Christ died for our sins according to the scripture that he was buried. And what we celebrate today is that first resurrection. He did come alive. Several appearances before finally 
he gathered with them on top of the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said his goodbyes to them and rose up in the clouds to be gone. And he gave the message before, but you preach the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Go out and do this. And he gave the marching orders before he did. And that's the death, the burial, and the first resurrection. What's the second resurrection? Second resurrection we see in Romans 6 when Paul said, Know ye not? So many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Jesus had to die before he could be resurrected. And before we can participate in that second resurrection, we have to die, which is what baptism is, where we surrender ourselves to him completely, allow ourselves to be put under the water and sight of other people with our clothes on. Why? Because he said, do it. Know you not. So many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. So we're therefore buried with him. We not only died with him, we were buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. This is a tremendous scripture for anybody who wonders what the gospel uh, plan is on salvation and whether it includes baptism in any way, shape, or form. Just refer them to Romans 6 and the first five verses because it says, like as Christ, we, we are buried with him by baptism, like as Christ was raised from the dead, like, just like, we should walk in newness of life. And then this fifth verse clinches the whole thing. If we have been planted together, planted, you plant a seed most of the time, you don't sow, sow sowing the seeds, one thing, but planting one, you put it down and you cover it and it is buried, put a bulb in the ground in the fall, and today you're looking at flowers that are blooming. Put them back on the, the table out there because bulbs were put in the ground to die, that in God's timing, the earth would warm and they would be resurrected as beautiful flowers. And says, if we if we've been planted, Together in the likeness of his death, like his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. If there's any question about baptism in the Bible being immersion, this ought to settle the story. Just refer people to it. You are planted, you are buried, and this is what God's baptism plan is. Well, the second resurrection then is when we submit to dying in baptism and then being raised in newness of life for eternity. What's the third resurrection? The third resurrection is when Jesus comes back again and we are raised and resurrected from the grave. He was resurrected from the grave and he promises that we too. Uh, Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, 
says, brethren, brothers, we don't want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep. It's going to happen. The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command. There's that word loud again. Good, because I don't know if he'll give me my hearing back yet by then, but I want to hear his voice. And you can hear it from underground uh, sonar or whatever, but we'll hear it. And with the trumpet call of God, if you can't hear his voice, there's a trumpet call. You ever set more than one alarm clock when you really had to get up? You'll have the voice of Jesus and you'll have the trumpet call. And with the dead in Christ will rise. And after that, we which are still alive and left will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those asleep. When we come out of this, this will be our resurrection too, as we've said. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all died, so in Christ will all be made alive. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, another big scripture in that same chapter, it says, listen, I'll tell you a mystery. Do you like mysteries? You read books, you like it if it's a mystery and got to figure out what's happening? He said, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. When Jesus comes, there will be some still walking the earth who have not died. But we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. The trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed we will be changed and we will be closed with immortality. The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that third resurrection, there's a reward. There's a goal that we're looking forward to. I believe our son John is already there. Ruby is there. Others that we have known along and walked this earth and then go, my parents, Nancy's parents, children of yours maybe that God took in infancy or friends and family from before that are there. But uh, they have the victory. And he said, hi, John saw it. There is a, the bride of Christ is waiting for Christ's return. The bride is the holy city of the new Jerusalem. Revelation chapter 21. He says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven, the first earth was passed away and there was no more sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, come down out of heaven from God as a, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice, thank you God, from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them, they will be his people 
God will be with them and be their God. Man, what we have to look forward to. Why would we fear death when we know what's coming? Because we're human. Because death is something we haven't walked through yet. But it is a gift of God when we sing right. A beautiful gift of God will come. It says this, uh, one of the seven angels said to John, the Apostle John in Revelation, he said, he will show, he says, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God. And its brilliance was like a very precious jewel, like a jasper clear as crystal, had a great high wall with 12 gates. The 12 gates were 12 pearls. Can you imagine a pearl the size of a gate to a city? Each made of a single pearl. And the great seat of the street of the city was pure gold, like the transparent glass. Somebody made a comment that the miser who tries to hold on to his gold might as well be holding on to a pail of tar in heaven. Tar is paving material here in heaven. Gold serves the same purpose. He says, I did not see a temple in the city. What? The temple was so important. I wrote a booklet on Solomon's temple and typology, which is still available. He says, we don't have a temple in the new city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light. It says, there were no, on no day will those gates ever be shut. There'll be no night there. When I was little, I didn't want night to come. I wanted to stay day. I wasn't afraid of the night so much, but I wanted to keep doing things. It says there will be no night there. What I'm doing here is reciting an inheritance list from the will of God of what you're going to inherit when we have on the second, the final, the third resurrection, really. Second one for us. It says nothing impure will ever enter it nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful. That's why it's important to have our sins forgiven. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And then further about the blessings. And we're almost ready, almost through. Then the angels showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal. And it flows down the street as a great seat of, of the city. And it says... No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city. His servants will serve him, and they will see his face. Fanny Crosby wrote songs about face-to-face -face with Christ my Savior, that I will see him face-to-face. -face. She was blind, but she wrote many of the gospel songs that we enjoy yet today, and says face-to-face, -face, I will see him. And when he appeared to the disciples, they weren't sure about him, so he showed them his hands. He said, look at my hands and my feet. 
prints of the nails and the sword in his hand. The Bible says we will see his face and we will know him. His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of a sun. The Lord God will give them light. Folks, those are the three resurrections. The one we celebrate today that he rose from the grave. The second, if you haven't already celebrated your resurrection from the water grave of baptism, you can. We're prepared for that. And as you see the value that God placed upon it, if, we, if we've been buried in the likeness of his death, we'll be in the likeness of his resurrection. We'll have all these blessings and the promises, the inheritance from the will that I've been reading for you here. And so he says, finally, behold, I am coming soon. I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and grow through the gates in the city. Finally, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root, the offspring of David, the bright and morning star, now listen to this, and this is your invitation. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let him who hears say, Come. And whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him come and take the free gift. Yes, Jesus said, I am coming soon. Are you ready to meet the Bride? Are you ready for that third resurrection? That's why we made the emphasis we have today. Because baptism is so important in God's word. Jesus insisted on being baptized by John the Baptist at the River Jordan. It doesn't matter whether it's the River Jordan or the, the Mission Creek or uh, the baptistry of this church. And we're offering that invitation this morning and we're ready if there's any person here who doubts or knows that they have not been baptized correctly or maybe never were and aren't sure. This is the time to make it sure. And so we're going to sing not the song in the bulletin, but just I am as I am. He says, come. And the song says, O Lamb of God, I come. We're ready if you are. Would you come as we sing?